Whatever your need might be, I want to pray for your need right now. And I believe that the Holy Ghost is going to fall in this room. If you got to let the tears flow, let the tears flow. There's no man that's manly enough that can't cry. Whatever your need is, I want you to think of that need right now. I want you to believe with me right now. If it's nothing, I just want you to declare the awesomeness of God in this room. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come before you in this room here this morning. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that we feel that has fallen in this place. Lord, there are no words that can describe how awesome you are. There are no adequate words in our finite human language that can describe who you truly are, Jesus. And Lord, in the midst of this special touch from you this morning, I I pray that you will go to each person that has a need in this place. And I pray that the awesome God would come and meet their need. I pray for ones that have been away from you. I pray, God, as the tears flow down their face, God, that, God, it will speak a language to you that is greater than any language that could be spoken in English or Spanish or French or any other of the many languages of this world. I thank you, Lord, for the touch of your Holy Spirit. And now I just declare your great in this room I declare your greatness in this room you are great you are great you are high and lifted up in my life you are the king of my life God you are on the throne as the king in my life there is no one before you there is no one behind you there is no one beside you there is no one greater there is no one greater there is is no one greater I put everything down in my life so that you might increase God I want to decrease I decrease so that you might increase Lord help me take the pride away take the pride away let them only see you Jesus because you are awesome you are awesome you're my provider. You're my protector. You are my healer. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Lord, heal Sister Marlene in the name of Jesus. God, we rebuke this cancer that's in her body. Right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, you've done it before. In her body, we believe that you will do it again. Right now, in Jesus' name, by your stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are so awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I love you, Lord. 
And I lift my voice to worship you, oh my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what I see. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. And one more time, can we just worship the Lord in this place? Hallelujah. We give you praise. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I really feel that what God is doing in this room here this morning, it's a, it feels like it's a continual from last Sunday morning. That same presence of God that is in this room, I feel is that same presence that we had last Sunday. Amen. I heard a story from President Bush, and uh, he went to a nursing home one day. He was talking to one of the ladies that he met there in a wheelchair, an older lady, and he began to talk to her and engage her. And this woman that the president was talking to uh, really didn't want to talk to him, and uh, she really did not want to engage in the conversation that he was trying to have with her. And the president stood back and he really couldn't understand why this lady would not want to talk with him. So he said, ma'am, do you know who I am? She looked at him puzzled. And she said, no sir, I don't. But if you go to the nurse up there, she can tell you who you are. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Amen. So if you don't know who you are this morning, ask your husband or wife. They'll tell you. <laughs> if we can stand this morning, go to the Word, Second Chronicles. Chapter twenty, number uh, chapter twenty-six. Excuse me. Chapter twenty-six, Second Chronicles, chapter twenty-six, and verse one. Verse one through five. Second Chronicles twenty-six, one through five, <clears throat> and it says, "Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was sixteen years old, and made him king." In the room of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and he restored it to Judah. After that the king slept with his fathers. Sixteen years old was Uzziah. When he began to reign. 
and he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Matthew chapter number 7, one more passage this morning. Matthew 7, thank you for standing again for the reading of God's Word. So good to see all of our guests in this room. Welcome to Firstborn. We are so glad that you are here. Amen. I know that you have felt the Spirit of God as it has moved upon you. Amen. Matthew 7, very familiar passage to a lot of us in this room, Matthew 7 and 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Amen. So, just for the next few moments, I, I feel that this message uh, is, is from the Lord. I know it is, because of what we feel in this room this morning. I want to speak on this, preach on this, and it's just simply this. Just keep seeking. Just keep seeking. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this room. Oh God, I pray now as we open up your word, I pray, Lord, that I would be able to speak with boldness. God, that I would be able to speak with clarity. What you have spoken to me this past week, I thank you, Lord, for your presence, God, that is filling the hearts and the minds of men and women. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I am so thankful for what God is doing in our midst at the beginning of this 2020 year. I I do believe that God is doing and going to do special things in our midst. I am believing for great freedom and revival to each of your families in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. Last week we talked about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and it's, I believe it's something that we cannot talk too much about as I said last week. We cannot talk too much about the soon coming of Jesus Christ. and We shouldn't get too comfortable on this earth that we stop seeking that second coming. And we stop looking up for our redemption draweth nigh. We shouldn't get too comfortable with the things of this world that we stop seeking after that second coming. I I want to kind of continue in that subject and morph it even further today. I want to morph it even to our prayer meetings that we are having this month. And then finally, I want to get to the story that we read in Second Chronicles. Luke 21 and 28 says, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. In the message version, it says this, When all this starts to happen, get up on your feet, stand tall with your heads up high, help. Is on the way. 
I, I really love that uh, version of this scripture. It, it, it means this to me in, in the Anthony Maynard version. It, it means no matter what this world does and the condition of this world, we must not take it lying down. <laughs> we must stand up, pick up our heads, live for the truth of Jesus Christ and the gospel. Why? Because help is on the way. If that's all I said this morning, that would be enough to let you know that help is on the way. The reason why I stand up against the agenda of this society and why I stand up for the things that are right because I will not take what this world is trying to send to my, my, my boy my child, and to your children, I will not take it lying down. I won't. I will do as the Scripture says. I will stand up, lift up my head. I'm not defeated. I'm not downcast. I am not forgotten. Why? Because help is on the way. <laughs> Woo! We see seeking all over the Bible. We must never get to the place or walk with God that we stop seeking after Him. That we stop looking for Him. And especially if we stop following after Him. I believe that we get to a dangerous place in our life when we stop doing three things. That's seeking, looking, and following. After Jesus Christ. Titus 2 and 13 says. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Philippians 3 and 20 says. For our citizenship is in earth. No that's not what it says. It says. I was just seeing if you're listening here this morning. <laughs> it says that our citizenship is in heaven. <laughs> from which we are eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the hope that we have. Even if this world takes us out, we have hope in another place called heaven because our citizenship truly is not in the United States of America. I'm thankful to be a citizen of the United States on this earth. Amen? But my true allegiance, don't get me wrong this morning, I love this country. I love those who fight for it, but my true allegiance is not to the United States of America. My true allegiance, if I was from Canada, is not to be a Canadian citizen and be allegiance to Canada and the Prime Minister and the Queen. My only allegiance and true allegiance is to one place, and that is the place where I will be a citizen, and that place is called heaven. That means no matter what this world does, my citizenship in heaven is greater than my citizenship in the United States of America. Why? Because we must not tie ourselves down with so much of the world that we stop seeking for a city whose builder and maker is God. 
let me say it this way. We must not let the temporary outweigh the extraordinary place called heaven. I see so many people uh, taking the temporary of this world and exchanging it for the extraordinary place called heaven. I ask God every day, don't let the temporary things cloud my mind to the place there where I am truly going. It's an extraordinary place. Why? Because there's an extraordinary God that's sitting on the throne. His name is Jesus. And one day Woo. one day I will say goodbye world goodbye I'll leave all my troubles behind as the song says I'll press and put past my cares of this world and I will go to an extraordinary home with an extraordinary God where I will worship forever I will leave the temporary and I will go to the eternal hallelujah I try to remember that every single day that I live as I've said that these things the earth is going to pass away my possessions, I cannot take them to the grave where I'm going one day. I've, I've done hundreds of funeral services and I've seen. I can count on at least on, a, on, on my hands how many people have cash in their casket. How many people have possessions in their casket. I've even seen joints in their casket. I'm serious. I've seen cigarettes in their pocket. I'm not making fun. Please don't understand me. I, I love them. I, 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 I did the same exact thing for them that I would do for anyone else. I loved them. I, I showed them the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I hugged them. I, I comforted them during their time of loss. Oh, but when I walk past that casket, I thank God. Help me not to take the things that are temporary and put them in my casket. Because when I'm in my casket, I'm dead and gone my spirit is gone all that is is an empty shell talking to some people here at firstborn to stop letting the temporary cloud the extraordinary in your mind we need to seek for his coming we need to seek more than seeking for money we need to seek more than a job promotion we need to seek his coming more than we seek our own family we need to seek the coming of Jesus Christ temporary Moses had a choice to make the scripture says by faith when he was grown he refused the palace he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter he refused Egypt and he chose God's people instead here's what the way I look at it he refused the palace instead and instead chose the promise let me say that again. He refused the palace and instead he chose the promise. 
I will refuse the things of this earth for the promise that is on my life. I have a calling from God on my life. And if it, it never require, if it never gains earthly fame or wealth, I will refuse the palace of this earth for the promise that He has on my life. You wonder why Willie and Stephanie and Jason and Rachel, thank you, and Rachel, why they're going to another country and why they're refusing and they're, they're quitting their jobs. They're putting everything on hold. They're putting their whole life on hold. You say, that's crazy. It could be crazy in the world's point of view. But what they are doing is just like Moses is did. He said, I refuse to take the palace of this world and I choose the promise of my life. It can be the same with you. You don't got to go to another country. But you can choose the promise that you have been given right here in the midst of firstborn ministries. Not everyone is going to be called overseas. Not everyone is going to be called to be a preacher. Not everyone is going to be called to plant a North American missions work. Not everyone is going to be called to be a Sunday school teacher. Not everyone is going to be called to be a great a pastor and evangelist. But I can tell you one thing that everyone is called and at some point in your life you have got to choose the promise in your life instead of the world and what it's trying to give to you Moses said I will not stop before I reach my destiny of letting my people go. So standing with Moses on the steps of the palace, it looks like a foolish choice to reject the earthly kingdom of wealth and status. But he said, I must not refuse the promise of God on my life. I must seek until I find. I must seek until the door is open. I must seek until we get beyond Egypt and beyond the slaves chains I could get comfortable but God didn't call me to be comfortable he called me to be a deliverer I cannot be comfortable with the temporary when destiny is in my view I must see yes from this point of view I look crazy But now, standing on the steps of heaven on the other side, as this great leader looks back at what a wise and glorious choice he made as he became one of the world's greatest leaders, he led a strange band of people on a long journey. Oh, but what a story it is. His name has gone down in history, and his influence reaches to this very day. I want to tell somebody today that God is telling you to start a ministry. He's telling someone in this room to start teaching someone a Bible study. I feel that this room, there are many people that God is telling you to pick up exploring God's Word and to go to your family and to go to your friends to knock on their door and have the Bible study chart in your hand and say, is it okay if I teach you a Bible study today? Is it okay if I teach you a Bible study? God is calling you 
He is calling you. He's calling somebody in this room to start a van route. You don't even own a van. You don't even have a family van, let alone a 15-passenger van. But I really feel God is speaking to someone to do something hard for Jesus. There are being things being birthed in this place, in this year, that you don't know how it's going to work. But God says if you will seek until you find it, I will open the doors. I will open the windows. I will give you favor. something crazy last Sunday night that I felt in the Holy Ghost about that we, this church is going to be given buildings and places to hold worship in. I, I, let me tell you, I don't know how buildings are going to be opened up for us and be available to us to step into and to continue this great community. But I know it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I know that it is going to happen. Why? Because God placed it on my heart. And he placed it on the senior pastor's heart a long time ago. That from this place, many works will be started. From this place, great revival will happen in northern Illinois and the greater Rockford land area. I don't know how it's going to work. But I tell you one thing. I will keep seeking until the promise is coming into view. I will keep seeking until the promise is at our doorstep. I will keep seeking until we walk into the door of the promise. Uh, I'm not saying this uh, just for this church, uh, but I'm prophesying and proclaiming it on your family here uh, today. If you keep seeking, uh, if you keep seeking after God and His righteousness, uh, if you keep seeking after God uh, and His promises that He's laid out for you uh, and your family, uh, I believe uh, that you will step through the doors uh, of promise uh, and it will be right uh, on time. be right on time. Moses, in the middle of your mess with your people, in the middle of you being a slave, just like the rest, if you choose this path, your life will outlive you. If you choose the riches of this world, you will die with the riches of this world. But what I'm calling you for will be eternal. If you choose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, I will bring you out of that place and I will bring you to the doorstep of the promised land. Moses, you might not ever get to that promised land, but you'll be able to step on that mountain and look across and see what I promised you oh so very long ago I'm speaking here for some elders that have come before me some great men and women of God my God I could start naming names in this place of people that prophesied on my life, people that prophesied on this church, people that proclaimed the promise for over 40 years. I stand upon their shoulders today and I say, you might not have seen the promise fully fulfilled in your lifetime, but because you kept seeking the promise... 
Because you kept seeking the promise, God is getting ready to fulfill the promise in your kid's lifetime, in your grandkid's lifetime. Come on, someone give praise and praise to God. He is confirming his word. Thank you, brother. Come on, he's confirming his word here this morning. He's confirming it in your heart. He's confirming it in your life. Hallelujah. 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 God is positioning this church. For tremendous growth and favor. I'm not talking about in numbers alone. We look at numbers I think too much. Sometimes we look at how many people's in this congregation. We say well God's moving now. We have 350 people here. Oh Easter Sunday we have five. Don't get me wrong. I love those times. I promote those times. But it's more than just people sitting on a seat. It's more than just number. If we just look at the natural numbers. The numbers could look really bad. But the numbers in God's book look really good I'm not against numbers I want to see this house full every single week but more than numbers I want to see God's kingdom grow Hallelujah, that's why we are going to continue to plant churches just like we did in Byron. We had about, I had about 25 people go there. Was I worried about it? Well, maybe in the natural. But God convicted me and said, stop worrying about numbers. Stop worrying about how I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And continue to follow the promise that I have laid out for firstborn ministry. And so when I say tremendous growth, don't just think I'm talking about numbers. It will include numbers. But it's not only about numbers. Because there is going to be continue to be tremendous favor on this congregation. Tremendous favor on this church at 8213. Within this city of McChesney Park. Within the city of Loves Park. Within the city of Rockford. They will continue to look to us. Why? Because because we continue to look to Him. It's not great in our own eyes. Oh God, I pray against pride in the name of Jesus. It's not to be proud that the city's calling on the church. No, when the city calls on this church, what they really don't understand is they're calling on a Savior. They're calling on Jesus Christ. They're calling on a Savior. They might think it's through man. And it is. But it's not through in our own ability. It's through the ability of the Spirit 
of the true living God, the Holy Ghost. I feel Jesus is positioning every person in this congregation strategically and for a purpose to be used. It's going to be scary. You're going to go through valleys. You're going to go through dry times. The church itself might even go through valleys and dry times with issues and problems because we're human. But I come just with a, I'm so far off my notes, I come with just a simple message. That through the scary times, if you will go through it and not around it, God will bless you because of it. The children of Israel had to go through Egypt, Brother Metcalf. They had to go through slavery. They could not get around it. They had to go through it. But if they go through it, they will be delivered from it and look back on it and say, if it was not for God on my side, where would I be? I'm talking to someone here this morning that you are going to have to go through some things to get to the ministry that God has prepared for you. You're going to have to go through some things even in the midst of the ministry. There is a reason for it. There is a strategy for it that only God knows. But if you want to truly be free and if you want the people around you free and if you want your neighbors free and if you want your family free then I have one word for you seek, 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 seek my, 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 I gotta hurry, I gotta hurry oh we have this prayer on Wednesday nights that we have felt and your pastor and I we, we have felt so, uh, so great to have and to cancel our Wednesday night Bible lesson. It's not canceling Bible lesson. We're just having a different Bible lesson. Uh, uh, we're having prayer meeting. I feel that God is using this moment. He is using this. He is using this because when we get on our face before Him, when we open up our hearts before Him, when we begin to seek after Him, that is when things truly begin and start to, to happen. It's, it's when we seek the kingdom first and His righteousness then everything else will be added unto you as I hurry along to Matthew 7 and 7 and 8 in our scripture reading it says ask and it shall be given seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and him that knocketh it shall be opened these verses here are I believe are about prayer they're about seeking the face of God I believe 
the verse, the, I know that the verse, this, this verse is similarly found in Luke 11. In this view, asking and seeking and knocking, they're all metaphors for the act of prayer. In the original language, the terms ask, seek, and knock were intended to mean a continuous act versus a one-time act. So when we read this scripture, we could truly read it like this. Ask and keep asking and he will give it to you. Seek and keep seeking and you will find. Knock and keep knocking and the door will be open for you. See, it's more than just a one-time thing. It's more than just a one-time prayer. But it's continual because for everyone who asks and keep asking, receives. And everyone who seeks and keeps on seeking, finds. And who Whoever knocks and keep knocks, keeps knocking, the door will be open. The key of this verse is more than just seeking once and being done. It's more than just a one and done kind of thing. It's supposed to be continual, meaning I must keep seeking after God in my life. Even if there is a door that is open before me, I better get to that next door and get knocking on it because there will always be a door in front of you that needs to be opened there will always be a problem in front of you that needs to be solved and so the key is that we not just ask one time and say thank you God it's all over but every single time we get in prayer with him we keep seeking if we got an issue in our life we keep asking God help me with this quicken my heart I'm not talking about perpetual prayers and just saying God please 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 that's not what I'm saying I'm saying to continue in seeking after what God wants you to do in your life it's more prayer is more than just asking God for favors Prayer is more than just asking God and telling God about our problems. That's a part of it. But a more, a bigger part, I believe, is telling God, first of all, how great He is and how much He means to us. But then it's also seeking the face of God. Seeking Him. Seeking. So that you might happily find Him. As the scripture says. So we must seek him in prayer. We must seek his second coming. And as I close. We must continue. To seek after people. We must be a church. That continues to seek for the lost. The missing. The prodigals. The one-timers. The sometimers. The full-timers. We must be a church that continues to seek after that lost sheep. We must be a church to diligently sweep the floors as that woman did to find the lost coin. We must never get to a place in our own Christianity that we fail 
We can and we count to be open to the calling of God and seeking after someone that you might share this precious truth with. He says this in Matthew 16. Jesus says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go, teach all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. See, soul winning is not a call. It's a command. It's the great commission. Our Lord Jesus Christ, while He was here below, was continually in pursuit for lost souls. He was seeking lost men and women. And it was for this reason that He came down among us, among those that were lost and needed a Savior. It was Him who went with the publicans and the sinners. It was Him who sat at the tables of the prostitutes and the gamblers and those that stole. It was Jesus who was looked at and said, why are you sitting at the same table with those that are lost? Why are you sitting at the same table as those that are the worst of society? And I I could just hear Jesus as he said it's because I came to seek I came to seek I came to seek those that are lost and he's still doing the same today for you but we must duplicate what Jesus did on this earth and go to all the nations and teach them and show them the gospel and baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ so David heard something from Pastor Anthony Mangan about his mother, elder sister Mangan, who has knocked every door of that city every year two times, every single year. I know it's a small city. She's knocked every door in that city two times for the last at least 30 or 40 years. Why? Because she's seeking. She's standing at the door and she's knocking. Oh, I haven't even got to Isaiah here this morning. The main part of Isaiah, the king, is this. 16 years old when he came, became the king. He was. A king that started in the right place and right standing with God said that he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He went to war. God helped him defeat the Philistines and many other. I mean, the dude had it going on. The Bible speaks of the greatness of Uzziah. The Bible speaks of Second <clears throat> Chronicles 26 that he had a great name. The guy was known. Had a great name. The Bible says that his greatness spread. People were giving gifts to him. He was digging wells and finding water. Everything it seemed that he touched turned to gold. Isaiah, he had a, think about this, he had 300,000 men, over 300,000 men that fought for him. It's bigger than Rockford. He gave them everything they needed. Spears, the Bible says, and shields, helmets, 
bows and slings to cast stones. Everything was going so well. But let me tell you what stuck out to me as I read this scripture here this week and God began to lay this message on my heart. It was verse 5. He sought God in the days of Zechariah who had understanding the visions of God, meaning that I believe, meaning that he went to this elder to ask counsel from him. He wanted to know the visions of God. We still need to do the same today. We need to have elders in our life. We need to talk to them and go to them. We need to have a mentor in our life. They can help show us the visions of God in our life. So he had an elder in his life. He had the minister. And this is what stood out to me. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. He was leading the praisers. Judah. He was probably a praiser himself. He had to be. He was leading the praisers and they were seeking after God. He was counseling with the elders and the people that were his mentors. And everything was going good. God made him prosper. Everything that he touched turned to gold. He built buildings and he, he occupied land. And everything that seemed to be going Uzziah's way. His name was great. All of this happened only though I believe for one reason. It was not because he was king. I'll go so far as even if he had the anointing of king on his life. It wasn't just that alone. It wasn't human ability. That would take him a long ways. But it was because he sought the Lord. The Bible is very plain. He sought the Lord. He did well. We get to the end of his life. We find one day he walks into the temple of there, the temple of God. He gets to a point in his life where he feels, I believe, that he, man, he, he is the conqueror. And he owns all of this stuff. He's the king. He, he, he has everything in his palm of his hand. I don't need to wait for the priest. I'll get on that altar of incense and I, or I'll burn some incense on that altar. I don't need to wait for the priest. I don't know where he's at. I'll do it myself. It's mine anyways. I believe some couple of things happened. Number one is he was arrogant. He was proud. Pride had crept into his life. Only the priests were supposed to burn the incense, but he stopped seeking God in the correct way and he thought I could do this all I can do this all by myself 
And he took it upon himself to disrespect and disregard the proper protocol of the priestly office and the temple. I'm sending out a warning to someone here today. When you think you have it all together and you don't need God and you don't need the church any longer. Oh, you've gotten so spiritual and you've gotten all high up. I'm telling you, when you when you get to that place, that pride starts gaining in your life. And you stop seeking after God and the elders and the pastor that God has put in your life. You will start to do some weird stuff. You will. I've seen it. As long as he was in correct alignment with God. Everything was good. But when God was here. And Uzziah was here. Strange things started to happen. It says that he got angry. He was so angry. Arguing. And this is about me. The scripture says that as he quarreled with the priests that were there, the priests, a skin disease appeared on his forehead. It was leprosy, a terrible condition that was very contagious. And when the priest saw it, he rushed him out of the room and out of that city. That was his duty because they knew God had given him this disease. And for the rest of his life, he had this disease and lived in quarantine. He was cut off from the house of God. He was cut off from the people that he had that he had led for so many years. Oh, how far he had fallen. Uzziah started his reign doing all the right things, but somewhere he got big in his own head. His own head. He started believing his own press clippings. He started believing what everyone was saying about him, how great of a man he was, and how great of a person, how rich he was. And oh, how he's been so great. He dies full of pride. He dies full of disease. He dies full of pain. He dies full of himself. He he dies an outcast from society. Uzziah forgot who was giving him power. And he became puffed up in his own mind and his own pride. And Uzziah's story that begins with fame and power ends with shame. Oh, I believe this church is in the midst of seeing great things. Can I just be honest with you? Just tell you my heart for a moment. I believe this church is going to see great things and is seen. I believe there's folks in this congregation that God is going to give you great favor and bring you to a great place. But I'm sending out a warning cry at the end of this message here this morning. Don't ever get to a place in our own selves where we think we've made it. That we've reached the pinnacle, the top of the mountain. Because it's in that point, it's in that place that we will start to do things that are not right. We will start to believe things that we thought we would never believe I've seen churches I've seen my own friends get to places in their own lives 
where they start believing things that they said they would never believe. Why? It's because they looked at their own life and they were haughty in their own eyes and they said, look what I've built. Look what I've done. And they stopped seeking the face of God and a leprosy, a disease breaks out. I'm telling you, a disease can break out in a whole congregation if we stop seeking God. A disease can break out in a whole family if we stop seeking God. I know and I believe God is doing great things. But firstborn, don't stop seeking. When we see great things happen, when we see people being saved, when we see great favor, when we see buildings being opened, when, when, when we see families coming in and churches coming in, don't look at ourselves and say, look how great firstborn is. It's not about firstborn. It's just a tool that God uses. But it's about every day. Getting down on our knees. Getting down on our face. Laying before the Lord. And saying, God, I am nothing without you. God, I cannot do anything without you. You are so great. And I seek, I ask, I seek, I knock. Because if I keep doing that, you will open the windows of heaven. God, don't let me be proudful and prideful in my own eyes. Don't let it be about Anthony Maynard. Don't let it be just about firstborn ministries. Don't let it be just about the places that we plant and the daughter works that we have. Don't let it be about the souls that are going to come in in our own eyes. But let it be about furthering the kingdom. Let it be about continuing to seek your face. Oh my God, my God, my God. Firstborn, I poured out my soul to you this morning. Don't be Uzziah. Don't be Uzziah.
Come on, that's it all around this room. Hallelujah, Jesus. All around this room, we get a prayer. Come on, seek after God just for a few moments here this morning, I feel that same spirit of God that was here last Sunday. God is calling us to a deeper level, a deeper relationship, a deeper level, seeking after Him. Oh God, I seek after you. Seek after your second coming, Lord. Lord, I want to seek you in prayer. Lord, I want to seek out people that need you. In the name of Jesus. The more I find you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, do you feel that in the room here? Deep is calling to deep in this room. Oh, service with this story. I promise I'll put down the mic, but I feel God wanted me to share this story with you at the end of this service. The Cornwell, I know I've talked about him the last couple of weeks. He he told a story a couple weeks ago. He was speaking in a church about soul winning, about Bible studies, teaching Bible studies. He said at the end of his session, his teaching session, prayed, it was great. He said a, a man came up to him that was in a wheelchair. He couldn't walk. He was shaking uncontrollably. He said, I, he said, I, I'm not making fun of the man, and I, I'm not either here. I'm not doing that either. He said, I just want to tell you what it was like. He said the man was slobbering and drooling down. He had a bib on. He came up. And he said one of his hands was like this. And he said he, had, he got his other hand and he grabbed it. And the nurse that goes with him everywhere said he wants to tell you something. He grabbed his hand. And he pulls it down. And on his ledge of his wheelchair he has A through Z 
And how the man communicates is he types out every letter to communicate with someone because he can't speak. And he said he grabbed his hand, he pulled it down, and he typed out, Brother Cornwell, do you think I could teach a Bible study? When I heard that, something struck deep inside my heart. Brother Cornwell said, I want to be honest. He said, I didn't tell the boy this. He said, but in my heart, I'm like, there's no way. God convicted him and said, oh, he said, this young man's seeking me. And he's seeking someone that he can be an influence on. And because he seeks me, I will open up the doors. And I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on him. Because he's seeking me and the good gifts. Brother Cornwell said, son, you can do it. You can teach that Bible study. You can find someone. Brought his hand back down. Thank you. That week he ordered exploring God's word. He put it on his wheelchair. He put the chart on his wheelchair. And he, he told his nurse, we're going to start in our neighborhood. And you're going to go up and you're going to knock the door. And you're going to tell them to come outside and come down to my wheelchair. Explain to them how I talk. And I'm going to ask them if I could teach them a Bible study. The Cornwell said he went to the first door. The person wouldn't even come down past the steps to hear what he said. Slammed the door in their face. He went to the next door. They slammed the door. Finally, someone came down to listen to what he said. And they got about halfway through. And they said, no, not for us. And they slammed the door. Month after month after month after month. Every single day, this young man went out and knocked doors for one Bible study. Brother Cornwell said 1,000 over 1,000 doors were shut in his face. 1,000 doors. He kept on going. Finally, one day he gets to a house. And it was a young couple that just moved in. The nurse said, this, this guy, he wants to ask you something. And she explained how he talked. And he went down, they went down. And they said, Okay, we'll listen to what he says and he pulled his arm can I teach you a Bible study to his amazement to his nurse's amazement they said sure why not that young man went every week to that house went inside those doors was wheeled inside those doors and he taught a Bible study one letter at a time you say how did those people even understand what was going on 
I don't know. Maybe it was a miracle that God allowed them to understand what this young man was saying because this young man sought God. He found the right door to be opened. He didn't stop knocking at the first door, but he found the right door that would open up and let him in. And just a few short weeks later, the pastor called for the Cornwell and said, you'll never believe what just happened. There's a family that this young man taught a Bible study to. And guess who I baptized this morning? I baptized that husband and wife in Jesus' name because this young man said, I will keep seeking. I will keep seeking. I will keep seeking. I will keep seeking. And so, I tell you at the end of this message, seek after God. Seek after His coming. But seek after people. God is getting ready to open the right door at the right time. God is getting ready to open up the door at the right time. God is getting ready. I don't care if you feel like you have no ability in your own. If you seek God and give it over to Him, God is getting ready to open up doors that you never thought would be opened in this place. And it's all because you sought after God. Come on, somebody start rejoicing at the end of this message. Because God is getting ready to open up some things up in your life in 2020. Oh, God is getting ready to open up some things in 2020. God is getting ready to open up some things in 2020 uh, because we seek uh, because we seek uh, ah someone's getting it come on at the end of this message just lift up your arms lift up your hands lift up your heads because hope is on the way hope is on the way God bless you I love you see you tonight